Chapter 5, Sections 2 and 3 of J. B. Bury's The Student's Roman Empire, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Penfold. The Student's Roman Empire, Part 1, by John Bagnell Bury. Chapter 5 Administration of Augustus in Rome and Italy the organization of the army twenty seven b c to fourteen a d sections two and three section two administration of rome and italy no part perhaps of the government of augustus is more characteristic of his political method and of the general spirit of the principate than the administration of rome and italy at first he left this department entirely in the hands of the senate and he never overtly robbed the senate of its rights but he brought it about that a large number of important branches were by degrees transferred from the control of the senate to that of the princeps the senate and consuls repeatedly declared themselves helpless and called upon the princeps to intervene and so it came about that some offices were definitely taken in hand by him and in other matters which were still left to the care of the senate and the republican magistrates it became the habit in case of a difficulty to look to the princeps for counsel and guidance thus the way in which the encroachments of monarchy were made was by keeping the republican institutions on trial and convicting them of incompetence this was one of the secrets of empire which were discovered and deftly manipulated by augustus it was chiefly in the later part of his principate when he had arranged the affairs of the provinces that augustus began to intervene seriously in administration and organization in italy and rome in this connection it is important to observe that while the institution of the empire inaugurated a new epoch of good government and prosperity for the provinces so that they gradually rose to the same level politically as italy herself augustus was deeply concerned to preserve intact the dignity of rome as the sovereign city and italy as the dominant country and the distinction between italy and the provinces was not entirely effaced for three centuries the supply of rome with corn required a new organization and the emperor's possession of egypt enabled him to meet the need in twenty two b c there was a great scarcity in rome and the people demanded that the senate should appoint augustus dictator and censor for life augustus rejected this proposal but accepted the cura annone or administration of the corn market and soon relieved the distress this was the first department in rome that he took into his own hands in six a d there was a still more pressing scarcity of food and some years later the emperor was driven to take measures for the permanent provision of the city with corn he instituted a praefectus annone of equestrian rank and receiving his appointment from the emperor his duty was to superintend the transport of corn from egypt and see that the roman market was kept supplied at a cheap rate the expenses were defrayed chiefly at least by the fiscus though properly they should have devolved as before upon the aerarium as rome was within the sphere of the senate's administration the emperor had also to provide for the support of the poor the number of those who were entitled to profit by the free distribution of corn was finally fixed at two hundred thousand this included freedmen immense sums were also expended by augustus in public donations to the plebes agrippa whom the emperor during his absence in the east 
21 B.C. and following years, left in charge of Rome, set zealously to work to reform the water supply. He restored the old and laid down new aqueducts, the chief among them being the Aqua Virgo, 19 B.C., and he instituted a body of public servants whose duty was to keep the water pipes in repair. The administration of the aqueducts, cura aquarum, seems to have been regularly organized, after Agrippa's death, in 11 B.C., while augustus adorned rome with edifices he had also to guard against their destruction conflagrations frequently broke out in the capital and there were no proper arrangements for quenching them finding that the aediles to whom he assigned this care were unequal to performing it he was compelled six a d to organize seven military cohorts of watchmen vigiles each cohort composed of one thousand to twelve hundred men under the command of a prefect of equestrian rank who was entitled praefectus vigilum and was appointed by the emperor these cohorts consisted chiefly of freedmen they were quartered in seven stations in the city, so that each cohort did service for two of the fourteen regions into which Rome was divided. Other new charges were also instituted by Augustus for the well-being of Rome. The curatores operum publicorum, chosen from praetorian senators, watched over public ground and public buildings. Prefectus Urbi Originally, Roman consuls had the right of appointing a representative, called Prefectus Urbi, to take their place at Rome when they were obliged to be absent from the city. This right was taken from them by the institution of the praetorship, but immediately after the foundation of the Principate, while his position still rested on a combination of the consular with the proconsular power, Augustus, during his absence from Rome, 27 to 24 B.C., revived this old office and appointed a Prefectus Urbi to take his place. Massala Corvinus, a man who was much respected and had rendered great services to the emperor, was appointed to the post, 25 B.C., but laid it down within six days on the ground that he was unequal to fulfilling its duties, but he seems to have really regarded it as an unconstitutional innovation. During his visit to the East in 21 B.C. and following years, Rome was administered by his consort Agrippa, and therefore no other representative was required. But during his absence in Gaul in 16 to 13 B.C., when Agrippa was also absent in the East, Statilius Taurus was left as Prefectus Urbi and performed the duties well. It is to be observed that on this occasion Augustus was not consul, and the Principate no longer depended on the consular power, so that the appointment of Taurus as Prefectus Urbi was a constitutional novelty. But under Augustus the post was never anything but temporary, during the emperor's absence from Italy. It was not until the reign of his successor Tiberius that the Prefectura Urbis became a permanent institution. In Italy, as well as in Rome, the Senate proved itself unequal to discharging the duties of a government, and the Emperor was obliged to step in. The Cura Viorum was instituted for the repair of the public roads, 20 B.C. A curator was set over each road. For the main roads leading from Rome to the frontiers of Italy, these officers were selected from the Praetorian senators, for the lesser roads from the knights. Italy, like Rome, was divided into regions, eleven in number, Rome itself making the twelfth. The object of this division is uncertain, but may have been made for purposes of taxation. In any case, the regions were not administrative districts, for the independence of the political communities in managing their own affairs was not infringed on by Augustus or any of his successors till the time of Trajan. 
the imperial post an institution which applied to the whole empire may be mentioned here it was a creation of augustus who established relays of vehicles at certain stations along the military roads to convey himself or his messengers without delay and secure rapid official communication between the capital and the various provinces the use of these arrangements was strictly limited to imperial officers and messengers or those to whom he gave a special passport called diploma the costs of the vehicles and horses and other expenses fell upon the communities in which the stations were established this requisition led to abuses and in later times the expenses were defrayed by the fiscus it is to be observed that this institution had not assumed under augustus anything like the proportions which it assumed a century or so later as the cursus publicus the augustales freedmen were strictly excluded from holding magistracies and priestly offices and from sitting in the municipal councils or senates throughout the empire caesar the dictator had indeed sometimes relaxed this rule in their favor beyond italy but augustus strictly enforced and excluded libertini from government their exclusion was economically a public loss for one of the chief sources from which the town treasuries were supplied was the contributions levied on new magistrates and priests whether in the form of direct payments or of undertaking the exhibition of public games as the freedmen could not become magistrates or priests they were not liable to these burdens which they would have been glad to undertake in order to open a field to their ambition and at the same time to make their wealth available for the public service augustus created a new institution entitled the augustales probably in the early years of his principate One, this organization was first established in italy and the latin provinces of the west in africa it was not common and it is not found at all in the eastern part of the empire two it was not called into being by a law of augustus but at his suggestion the several communities decreed an institution which was in every way profitable to them three the institution consisted in the creation every year of six men sex viri augustales who were nominated by the decurions the chief municipal magistrates four these sex viri were magistrates not priests but their magistracy was only formal as they had no magisterial functions to perform five but like true magistrates they had public burdens to sustain they had to make a payment to the public treasury when they entered upon their office and they had to defray the cost of games six the sex viri were almost always chosen from the class of the libertini this rule held good without exception in southern italy seven after their year of office the sexviri augustales were called augustales just as consuls after their year of office were called consulares thus the augustales formed a distinct rank to which it was the ambition of every freedman to belong eight one of the most interesting points about the institution is that it seems to have been partly modelled upon the organization of the roman knights the designation of the sexviri of the order of the augustales seems to have been borrowed from the order of the equites and perhaps was introduced about the same time moreover the augustales occupied the same position in italy and the provinces as the knights occupied at rome they were the municipal image of the knights they represented the capitalists and mercantile classes in contrast with the nobility and landed proprietors they bore the same relation to the municipal senate as the knights to the roman senate section three organization of the army and fleet 
Augustus introduced some radical changes into the Roman military system. In the first place, he established a standing army. It was quite logical that the permanent imperator should have a permanent army under his command. The legions distributed throughout those provinces, which required military protection, have now permanent camps. In the second place, he organized the auxilia and made them an essential part of the military forces of the empire. Thirdly, he separated the fleet from the army, and fourthly, he established the praetorian guards. Augustus spent great care on the organization of the army, but it is generally admitted that he acted unwisely in reducing the number of legions after the civil wars. This step was chiefly dictated by considerations of economy in order to diminish the public burdens. But the standing army which he maintained, of about 250,000 men, was inadequate for the defense of such a great empire against its foes on the Rhine, the Danube, and the Euphrates, not to speak of lesser dangers in other quarters. At the death of Augustus, the legions numbered twenty-five. Each legion consisted of not more than six thousand, not less than five thousand foot soldiers and one hundred twenty horse soldiers. The foot soldiers were divided into ten cohorts, and each cohort into six centuries. Each century had a standard, signum, of its own. The horse soldiers were divided into four turmae. Only those were admitted to legionary service who were freeborn and belonged to a city community. To the legions were attached auxiliary troops, auxilia, recruited from the provincials who did not belong to urban communities. They were divided into cohorts, and consisted of footmen and horsemen, or both combined. Some foot cohorts were composed of about five hundred men, and were divided into six centuries. Such were called quingenariae. Others were larger and maintained one thousand men divided into ten centuries. These were miliariae. Mixed cohorts of both horse and foot soldiers were termed equitate. The allei consisted only of horse soldiers and also varied in size. The auxiliary troops, when attached to a legion, were under the control of the commander of the legion. But they could also act separately, and some provinces were garrisoned exclusively by auxilia. The legions were distinguished by numbers and by names. For example, legio ten gemina, twenty-one rapax, or six victrix. Besides these troops there were cohorts of Italian volunteers, of whom we seldom hear, and there were in some provinces bodies of provincial militia. Moreover, Augustus had a bodyguard of German soldiers to protect his person, but he disbanded it in 9 AD. With the exception of the legions stationed in Egypt and the auxiliary troops in some small provinces, the military forces of the empire were commanded by senators. This leads us to an important institution of Augustus, the legatus legionis, an officer of senatorial, generally praetorian, rank, who commanded both the legion and the auxilia associated with it. The military tribune thus became subordinate to the legatus. He was merely a tribune of the legion, and on an equality with the prefect of an auxiliary cohort, while his position was rather inferior to that of a prefect of an auxiliary squadron. These three posts, tribunatus legionis, prefectura cohortis, prefectura alei, were the three equestrian offices open to the sons of senators who aspired to a public career. The prefect of the camp, prefectus castrorum, 
was not of senatorial rank, and was generally taken from the primipili, or first of the first class of centurions. He was subject to the governor of the province in which the camp was situated, but he was not subject to the legatus legiones. He had no power of capital punishment. In Egypt, from which senators were excluded, there was no legatus legionis, and the prefect of the camp took his place. The time of service for a legionary soldier was fixed, 5 A.D., at twenty years, for an auxiliary at twenty-five. The government was bound to provide for the discharged veterans, by giving them farms or sums of money. It became the custom, however, for some soldiers, after their regular term, to continue in the service of the state in special divisions and with special privileges. These divisions were known as the Vexilla Veteranorum, and were only employed in battle. The expenses of this military system were very large, and in 6 AD, at the time of a rebellion in Dalmatia, Augustus was unable to meet the claims of the soldiers by ordinary means, and was driven to instituting an aerarium militare, with a capital of 170 million sesterces, about 1,360,000 pounds. It was administered by three prefecti, chosen by lot for three years from the praetorian senators. The sources of revenue on which the military treasury was to depend were a 5% tax on inheritances and a 1% impost on auctions. Rome and Italy were exempted from the military command of the imperator, and the army was distributed in the provinces and on the frontiers. But there were two exceptions, the praetorian guards, along with the city guards and the watchmen, and the fleet. The institution of a bodyguard, cohors praetoria, for the imperator, had existed under the republic, and had been further developed under the triumvirate. Augustus organized it anew. After his victory, both his own guards and those of his defeated rival Antonius were at his disposal, and out of these troops he formed a company of nine cohorts, each consisting of one thousand men. Thus the permanent praetorian guard under the empire stood in the same relation to the imperator, in which the temporary cohors praetoria stood to an imperator under the republic. The pay of the praetorian soldier was fixed at double that of the legionary, his time of service was fixed, 5 A.D., at sixteen years, and the command was ultimately placed in the hands of two praetorian prefects, 2 B.C., of equestrian rank. In later times this office became the most important in the state, but even at first a praetorian prefect had great influence. The emperor's personal safety depended on his loyalty, and the appointment of two prefects by Augustus was probably a device for lessening the chances of treachery. Only a small division of the praetorian troops were permitted to have their station within Rome. The rest were quartered in the neighborhood. The irregularity of a standing military force posted in Italy was to some extent rendered less unwelcome by the rule that only Italians, and Italians was at first interpreted in its old sense, so as to exclude dwellers in Gallia Cisalpina, could enter the service. Besides the praetorian cohorts, there were three urban cohorts, cohortes urbanae, stationed at Rome. During the absence of the emperor, they were under the command of the prefect of the city, the cohortes vigilum have already been mentioned. Augustus created an imperial fleet which was called, though perhaps not in his own day, the classis praetoria. Under the republic, the command of the naval forces had always devolved upon the commander of the legions, and consequently no fleets could be stationed in Italian ports, as Italy was exempt from the imperium. 
hence the Tuscan and Adriatic seas were infested by pirates. The war with Sextus Pompeius had turned the special attention of Augustus to the fleet, and he saw his way to separating the navy from the army. Two fleets were permanently stationed in Italy, one to guard over the eastern waters at Ravenna, and the second to control the southern seas at Misenum. They formed the guard of the emperor, and at first were manned by his slaves. The commanders under the early empire were Praefecti, who were sometimes freedmen. Augustus also stationed a squadron of lesser magnitude at Forum Julium, but this was removed when the province of Nurbanensis was transferred to the Senate, 22 BC. These fleets were composed of the regular ships of war with three benches of oars, triremes, and of the lighter Liburnian beremes. But the heavier and larger kind afterwards fell into disuse, and Liburna came to be the general word for a warship. The End of Chapter 5, Sections 2 and 3 Recording by Mark Penfold